Bact empowers you to get it together with a single digital wallet. Use Bact to aggregate, convert, send, and spend digital assets like crypto, loyalty, and rewards points and gift cards. Go to BACKT.com and start treating your digital assets just like cash. I'd like to also thank Kraken. With Kraken, you can instantly buy and sell over 50 of the most popular cryptocurrencies or earn additional rewards through their industry-leading staking service. Payouts are twice a week and you can earn up to 20% each year. Visit kraken.com scoop to learn more. You need to check this out right now. A revolutionary tech startup has created a way for you to convert your Bitcoin and Ethereum into shares of real, tangible art. Think paintings by Banksy, Picasso, and more. You know, like an NFT, but in real life. It's such a game changer that they just became New York's latest billion dollar unicorn. Just go to masterworks.io slash scoop and see important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, Director of News at The Block. And joining us today on the other side of the mic is Pierce Crosby, General Manager and basically the face of TradingView. Pierce, feels like just yesterday we had you on the show when we were doing The Scoop live during the midst of the pandemic because we had nothing better to do but talk all day about markets and number go up. Well, numbers were going down, actually, and numbers have been going down this week, too. But things seem to be going up at TradingView. You guys just announced a new fundraise valuing the firm at $3 billion. That's pretty exciting. Another unicorn to add to our list. You know, we, we had that list go out on the research side, but they pushed back on, on you guys being right. fully crypto. But I think you're crypto enough. Pierce. Thanks for coming on the show. Crypto enough, right? I mean, I think, you know, about 30% of our business is crypto or when we think of the, the global spectrum of customers, you know, at least 30% of them are crypto investors in some way, shape or form, right? So, but I agree with you. It's very hard to bucket us, you know, solely in crypto, but we're kind of the infrastructure provider for a lot of the industry. So sad to not make the list, but uh, we'll get to reconnect. It's been a while. Yeah. So how's business? Business is great. I mean, we've definitely seen, you know, strong growth on the retail side. And meanwhile, the, the kind of enterprise side of things is essentially booming. I mean, we kind of uh, grab both sides because we, you know, have licensing of our technology, but then we also have the, the consumer business. And number go up means that, you know, there's more Robin Hooders and more Robin Hooders usually translates to more more trading new customers. Same with the Coinbase, you know, more more Coinbase customers, more core trading new customers. And, you know, both both companies you really need technology as well. So we can work with them on the uh, on the technology front. But um all in um things are things are definitely good. We're we're very excited for Tiger to be involved in trading new and, and come on board and you know, they see the bigger picture as well. You know, three billion is obviously a starting point for us. And so we're very excited about not just the near term roadmap, but, you know, with the new investors involved, um, you know, kind of where it puts us from a trajectory perspective for the next uh, 12 to 18 months, at least. So with the fresh injection of capital, what are you now planning to do? What are you adding to the product roadmap? What should users expect to come out of the firm? 
the funny thing is, in, in kind of, uh, you know, some of the internal conversations that, that we had with a lot of the prospective investors was, do we need to do something specifically new? Or really, have we already kind of found a niche? And now it's a matter of just kind of making that, you know, accessible across the industry. The latter is, is actually much more compelling in the sense that really right now we're, we're going through growth stage in terms of company scale. And so, you know, deployment of TradingView, not just across the U.S., but, you know, globally is really the next, the next mission for us. So, you know, we have businesses popping up in, you know, whether it's Turkey, Brazil, India, you know, Thailand, Cuba. I mean, you name it. There's literally customers in, in over 180 countries now. And so, you know, that's kind of been organic. We've never actually spent a dollar to acquire those customers. Now that we have kind of a, a fresh pool of capital as well as, you know, big investors on the cap table, there's a lot more interest in, in kind of going overseas in a sense and, and really kind of expanding our footprint, whether it's in Southeast Asia or you know, Latin America or you name it. So global, global ambitions is really the, the focus for us. Um, and that was the main reason for the investment is, you know, working with firms that, that are global. Is you know, clearly the, the the expertise of of folks like Tiger is you know uh, few and far between, and you know their their actual networks is really like is super compelling for us because you know we can tap into you know the top investment firms in in Japan now versus um, you know me going to the you know the front door and, and asking for a meeting. We have very high level connections, which have been super helpful to catapulting us in, in a lot of ways in various emerging markets. You mentioned that obviously there's two sides of this business, the retail mm-hmm. side and the enterprise side. People, when they think about TradingView, right? They think about charts. charting. They think about <laughs> charts. Most people, their mind goes straight to charts. Are there other services you can offer to the tigers of the world? Are there things that you can do for them to mm-hmm. improve their own engagements with the market? Well, I mean, for a hedge fund per se, we we do offer internal trading systems. I can, you know, comfortably say Tiger's not a client, but in terms of some of the hedge funds that we do work with, what they've realized is that a lot of the infrastructure that they maintain internally has an extremely large cost basis and can't really update at the rate that um, that our technology does. And you know, we have over 150 engineers now um, who focus yeah. on this tech. So. We've done well to replace a lot of internal technology and not just charts, but order management, portfolio management, uh, execution engines, uh, really everything from a front end and middle layer. Back end is not what we do. You know, we're not, we're not data providers. We're not kind of uh, matching engines or anything like that, but pretty much we handle everything up until that point. And mm. we can do it with not just, uh, you know, as an example, you know, somebody like a tiger, but we can you know, do it for the, Kind of the retail brokerages as well, and so anybody that falls on you know that spectrum, whether it's an internal fund or or a retail product, we've kind of built a very comprehensive portfolio of products that ultimately they'll they'll use to you know, kind of better serve their customers in some way, shape, or form. And I mean, I'll tell you, like initially, charts was kind of a like the beachhead. It was you know that first product everybody you know sees and they're like really excited about, and you know they look really nice and sleek and clean, but and they realize like, oh, well, we can also just throw away like our, you know, like our portfolio tools. Oh, we, we actually don't need this like watch list tool. We actually can just grab that. And more and more, you know, that's that's kind of the value of what we do is, you know, this kind of comprehensive solution versus 
charts are charts and it's a great starting point, but obviously there's you know more needs than just that. And yeah, I mean, you can't compete with 150 engineers working on it full time. So how does the penetration strategy work? You get a firm, let's say a brokerage firm on board to mm -hmm. leverage the charts. FTX uses your charts, Coinbase, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Most of the crypto exchanges are leveraging TradingView charts. Curious your opinion on, first off, why people aren't trying to build their own. They almost, mm -hmm. it's like almost immediately we're going to use TradingView, at least it seems to be the case, because they never even start off with their own and then, you know, you convince them to move over. It seems like at launch they're using TradingView. So that's just an observation. But the question is, okay, once you get them there, and a lot of them are already at that point, how do you then convince them to leverage more of these enterprise solutions you're talking about, order routing, portfolio management, those types of services? Well, I think that, you know, it comes down to a life cycle on a product. Usually people come to us for charts because their product team specifically needs charts and they know that their current solution usually sucks or is outdated or they may be paying, you know, six to seven figures for, for that. And, you know, so we're a very easy product to just swap in and out. And so that's, you know, like I said, the beachhead, they start there and usually they work their way back from there. And once they realize, oh, we cannot just, you know, do charts, but we can actually do a lot more. That's kind of the next step. But, but each of those products has its own life cycle, right? You know, an order management tool, generally speaking, doesn't need to be updated nearly as frequently as, um, you know, something like a data visualization. And so that life cycle may be two to three years versus, you know, charting is, is pretty necessary to have an up to date solution. And, because it is uh, core to a lot of uh, features. And you mentioned some of our partners in the crypto space. I think that, you know, most are super happy with the, the rate at which we update our charting libraries that we give them. Um, you know, we, we throw an update out usually every other month. We actually just passed our 20th version. So the, you know, the actual library has been around for almost 10 years now. It's 2012 was when they launched the first library. <clears throat> we made it available to partners in 2015, but you know, fast forward to today, I mean, we've, we've done 20 updates to the actual core, uh, core technology. And, you know, those are actual version numbers, not just like 0 0.01 version, um, but actually version 20. And yeah, I mean, so people are really psyched on, on just having really high performance web charting in general. And to your question about like, why do people start with TradingView? I think that that's actually very much not the case. You'd be surprised how many people are starting or trying to build charting solutions. <laughs> And so we, we, we often, you know, end up competing head to head with them. And it's, you know, perfectly fine because generally speaking, the product speaks for itself. But you'd be surprised how many people actually also want to build charts. And it's healthy, I think, overall. If we were just like the monopoly in the space, I don't think it would be uh, a very uh, compelling technology overall because, you know, the amount of competition actually moves the pace of innovation much faster than if we were just kind of a stodgy old business like some of the monopolies that, that we both know. But uh, yeah, so it, it, I think healthy competition is, is actually great for us because it keeps us super nimble and, and broadly speaking, like very, very vigilant as to what customers want. It's pretty cool that this Cambrian explosion of crypto exchanges happened. That's probably been one of the bigger tailwinds for the firm, right? You know, it's almost a meme, right? That there's way too much fragmentation in the market. I remember at one point, like 2017, and even during this cycle as well, a new exchange launched every like week, right? Do you see consolidation happening? And does that ultimately hurt your business to an extent? Well, it's, I mean, it's a really interesting question in terms of 
one, I mean, for sure, the Cambrian explosion of exchanges was no no doubt a boon for trading in the last couple of years. In fact, I think we're partially an accomplice to allowing that to happen, right? Because if you don't need to, you know, build a lot of this core, you know, utility functions, right, on the front end, then you can blow an exchange out the door in, in a few weeks if you really want to. It's funny, but I was actually internally just talking about how many DEXs there are. And every single day, I think I see a new either DEX or some kind of order spreading solution or or, or something that is yeah, trying like to approach this kind of... Have you seen CalSwap? <laughs> I haven't seen Cal. Have you seen Yeti Swap? I just saw Yeti Swap yeah. yesterday. There's just so many of these. And, you know, I think that, you know, Broadly speaking, this is, you know, the, the beauty of, of technology today is it's super easy to get something out the door. But really, the next question is, you know, how compelling can you be over the, you know, next six to eight months for your end customers? I think there will definitely be consolidation. I, I have no doubt. Because ultimately, you know, volume will be the, the key factor. And um, volumes will ultimately determine spreads and spreads will ultimately determine, you know, competitiveness from a, from a client perspective. And so we're totally, you know, okay with consolidation. I think it's generally going to be healthy for the end customer at the end of the day, right? Like if I'm on, you know, one of these edgy P2P indexes and, and I'm putting an order for some, you know, sketchy altcoin, I'm going to get my face ripped off. And that's not, that's not a symptom of bad order matching. It's just the, the book is so thin. There's, there's very little likelihood that you could actually, you know, trade efficiently. So. On the actual exchange side of things, I think it's obvious that some of the players will basically provide the tightest spreads possible. And then, you know, the industry itself will start to reflect a lot of what the, um, you know, FX industry or the equities industry reflects, which is, again, margins that, that are, you know, slivers of a penny versus, you know, full dollars or, or in some cases, you know, hundreds of dollars in terms of the spreads on, on some of these instruments. Yeah. Well, I certainly hope consolidation happens. It'll make my life a lot easier. Much easier. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. just too many firms to cover. It's very stressful. And also think about it in the sense of, uh, you know, customer adoption. I think one of the reasons consolidation is good for the industry is that it allows more folks to participate. Right. So mm -hmm. even though we may have fewer uh, technology customers, we would have more retail customers at the end of the day. Because, you know, they can actually participate when commissions, if you will, or maker-taker fees are a fraction of what they are today. And so mom and pop investor with 500 bucks can actually participate rather than, you know, paying $10 or 50 bucks both ways, which we know is, is kind of the status quo with a lot of layer one and layer two hype products. It's still amazing to me that that is kind of the status quo for today. And I think that for sure, a lot of folks like like FTX want to move the needle in the right direction towards um, a much thinner margin. And, and ultimately, that'll gather them a lot more scale. But you know, they can only really trade instruments that are already super liquid. So there's a question of you know, how are they dealing with um, all these kind of nuanced instruments like the, the Shiba Inus of the world or, or what have you. I heard about a friend of mine who who had a position in some shit coin that got to like a billion dollars, but they could only sell a hundred thousand dollars of it or something because it was so, <laughs> so just yep. so messed up. I would really, yep. uh, that would suck. Not surprised. So this has been a retail market. Unlike we've seen since probably like the nineties or something back in the days of the old stock bulletin boards that sort of gripped people who weren't in the market. And then they got in you know, Wall Street bets 
is kind of this generation's version of that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are wondering, does retail stick around? You know, the pandemic by many respects is over and people can do the things that they used to do, but it seems like they're still trading though, because the logic maybe a year ago when we had you on the show last mm-hmm. was that people are bored. Lockdown. They don't really have anything to do. Also, yep. they're getting these stimulus checks. They don't have anything else to really spend it on except mm-hmm. for stonks. Mm-hmm. Has that changed? And do you expect retail to stick around or eventually, you know, get back to horse betting or something else? Or going else. to the club. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, retail investors love to invest in in tons of stuff. You know, some of them may be less long term than others, you know, spending, you know, whatever five grand on on a table in, in meatpacking versus, you know, <laughs> investing in, in general electric. You know, who knows to you know, uh, what uh what's kind of a longer term strategy if you if you really think about it. But no, I, I I definitely believe, you know, one thing we have to keep in mind is that pandemics will always happen and there'll always be catalysts of some kind, right? So mm. um, you know, not to bring back both of our previous lives when you were working in NASDAQ and I was at Reuters, but, um, you know, the financial crisis obviously causes, you know, havoc in the markets, but it also actually creates more participation overall due to the fact that it is so mainstream. And in a lot of cases, the echo or the reverb from such crises is that things are cheap and things are cheap present opportunities for retail to get back involved. And, and so I'm actually of the opinion that, you know, broadly speaking, you know, retail will always be involved in some way, shape, or form. And there's increasingly less barriers to entry on a global scale. Again, you know, commissions are basically zero. Technology is extremely ubiquitous. No additional kind of fees to, to access this technology. So everything points in the direction of retail participation. And so if you don't have any barriers to entry, you know, there's very little reason for you not to participate. Broadly speaking, the question of how much they'll participate, you know, are they actually day trading versus are they investing long term? Mm. I think most businesses that are set up for success, at least from what I've seen, are folks that are thinking more of the investor versus the actual trader. And broadly speaking, you know, our ambitions as well is to like focus on longer term investing rather than like, you know, day trading. For a lot of, you know, longer, well, for quite, quite a lot of time, we've focused on kind of traders and then come to realize, well, I mean, trading is, is super helpful and we want to make sure that we're servicing that type of customer. But some people might just check their portfolio once a week and, mm. and that's perfectly fine. And I think that, that is a much more common thread that we're pulling on. And I think a lot of the industry is going to be very conflicted in, do we want to service an investor or do we want to service a trader? For us, it seems much more strategic to service investors than it is to service traders just because volatility is volatility. And broadly speaking, you know, if we do have a downturn of some sort, again, Jay Powell's behind the seat for another term, but I mean, still, there's the potential of a washout, there's potential of rate hikes, et cetera. And, you know, that'll have cataclysmic effects in, in all sorts of ways. But as a result, we just have to be prepared for, for both scenarios. And that's why people will always be investors in some way, shape, or form. I don't think that's going to change in any way, just because actually infrastructure wise, things are just set up for retail to participate. And so there's very little barriers to entry for them to not and to sit on the sidelines other than, you know, their existing financial means, right? So I think that's the biggest barrier is people that don't really have the, you know, the disposable income to even consider investing. And that's that's kind of the bigger problem is folks that are going paycheck to paycheck. Why would you ever participate in 
in investing. And I think that's why the idea of having kind of like longer term, you know, thinking is super important because, you know, putting in a hundred bucks today is actually kind of to your benefit, even if, you know, your disposable income is quite small because, you know, that over 30 years is, is kind of really where it's at versus, you know, day trading shit coins and, you know, hoping for the best um, at the end of the year, something like that. So yeah, I think retail's going to be around. I don't, I don't see any, any reason not, but what do you think? I mean, it seems very much like the mania is just absolutely peaking right now. And I literally posted on Twitter today that there's so many ads for all of these. You know, literally was just thinking about that. It's exactly what I was just thinking. Like oh. you're talking about how maybe to an extent trading view can support long-termism. But when you look at a lot of the different players in the retail market, mm-hmm. they're sort of picking at that psychology to get people to ape in, whether it's a lot of brokers, you know, promoting tweets on Twitter about trading Shiba. It was Doge a few months ago. And even, you know, we're talking about charts, right? We're talking about trading view. Even when you log into any of these apps like a Coinbase, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to sort of have the one day look so that all the moves look. What's um, trending. Yeah, yeah. The the moves look they're they're sort of hyperbolic in the way that they look, right? Like a one percent move when you open the app is mm-hmm. going to look astronomically more intense than it is because they're trying to elicit something in the mind to trade. Oh, it's going up, so I need to I need to sell my gains, or it's going down, so I need to buy more. And in a way, kind of provokes a reaction or an emotion that gets you to trade more, and to a degree charts or leverage to sort of motivate people to do that for sure for sure no i mean i think um fancy visualizations can be used for better for worse right i think that um if you go to trading view today you know you, you won't see i guess meme stocks or whatever being kind of the headline and that's by design we, we don't really emphasize you know kind of the insane mania of a given day It's more, you know, you have a process. You start your day the same way you started yesterday. You have a system, you have a routine. And really, you know, you've been training to be a long-term investor rather than to wake up and kind of like just ape into whatever happens. What we're really seeing for sure from from an industry perspective is I think a lot of brokers are just capitalizing on mania because they know their margin is so, so much larger than if they're to, you know, have folks be buying Bitcoin or, or buying, you know, kind of more traditional assets. Because again, on their side, they can just, their maker-taker fees on some of these edgy coins are going to be so much larger. And and so, you know, in some ways, you really have to realize that, you know, as a business, which most of these are venture-backed businesses, mm-hmm. you have to be thinking about your investors and ultimately thinking about your revenues. So they're, they're naturally pushed in that direction. But you know, I wrote that message yesterday about those ads that I was that I was seeing on my feed. A founder reached out to me directly because he doesn't want to post this publicly and said, listen, like my board is actually pissed off that we're not going super parabolic into these crazy, you know, coins, etc. And it's very hard for, for me, you know, from a business perspective to go in that direction because we know that 99% of these are going to be gone tomorrow so you know what's the interest in in uh, you know shilling the next coin to my users if you know long term it's kind of going to set them up for for kind of failure in some way shape or form and 
I think there's that that extreme dynamic of VCs and, and venture really want to see that parabolic growth. The only way you're going to do that from a broker perspective is to shill basically the most ridiculous kind of edgy coins. And and so there are folks that are kind of keeping the, the straight and narrow. I think Coinbase has been really good in trying to um, limit the amount of kind of edge coins or meme coins that are that are coming up. But there's a lot of folks that I think have um, completely gone the other direction, which is like, we'll list whatever because we know people want it. And if the customer demands it, so be it. Let them bet on their horses and, uh, you know, who's to say otherwise. But then it becomes much more of just a betting app than it is an investing app, which is the core difference in, in the industry. Back is the digital wallet of the future, empowering you to manage all of your digital assets from a single place. Back puts the power in your hands to get your crypto, loyalty and rewards points and gift cards together to choose how you want to use them. Treat your digital assets just like cash and convert, send or spend them using Back. Get started today and get it together with Back. Sign up at backbakkt.com. For the last 10 years, Kraken has been known as one of the best platforms for trading crypto online. Now with the new Kraken app, it's easier than ever to buy and sell over 60 of the most popular cryptocurrencies on the go 24-7. Simply download the Kraken app, connect your bank account, and start investing for as little as $10. Just a minute is all it takes to get started. A new application of decentralized finance just unlocked a multi-trillion dollar industry. How big? How about $6 trillion big? High net worth investors have used this often overlooked alternative investment to build multi-generational wealth. The investment is contemporary blue chip art, and this billion dollar unicorn lets you invest in art similar to investing in a company stock. Masterworks.io offers fractional ownership of real paintings by artists Think Banksy, Buscott, and Warhol. So instead of needing tens of millions, you can invest tens of thousands. Some of their offerings have sold out in hours, but you can get priority access today by going to masterworks.io scoop. That's masterworks.io scoop. See important disclosures at masterworks.io disclaimer. When I think about TradingView's business though, you know, you, you can go on there. There's just a massive audience, right? And so there's many ways that you could probably capitalize or move into new businesses with, you know, mm. what's your monthly traffic? Like over 100 million probably per month. What's it looking like these days? We're right around 33 million users a month. And yeah, 33 no, million I mean, I, users a month. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. that's a lot. So that's users. So not Im impressions or visits to the site is that, is that what 33 is or the 33 is people that are visiting the site and using the service in some way so they can be signed in or signed out um, mm -hmm. in terms of you know signed in uh, like registered users it's going to be a fraction of that size right but for the most part people use us as a data and information aggregator so a lot of them just visit the site to, you know, get a sense of where their where the stocks are trading or, or what have you. Yeah. So with exactly. 33 million people, like, do you see TradingView offering more information, more content, mm -hmm. or even, you know, when you go on the site, right, there are different brokers through whom mm -hmm. you can open accounts. Mm -hmm. Why give that flow out to other people? You could 
maybe create your own interface for ourselves. Yeah. Well, I mean, Trading View by Design is a, is a lean company. Um, you know, we specialize in the core infrastructure of a lot of the brokers out there, but to build a whole broker is a totally separate business. I mean, it's, you know, so my previous company, Stocktwits, mm-hmm. they, they actually built a broker dealer and more or less, you had to reinvent the wheel overnight. I mean, it, it's a totally different operation. All of your employees have to sign kind of uh, disclosure agreements around orders and positions and all this. It's it's basically like you have to reinvent the company in real time while also running another company. So I think that, you know, for us, we're, we're so lean, you know, we have no intention of, of really, you know, building a whole new business in-house. Like, it would have to be a reinvention of not just the business, but the culture as well. And um, and I think that it's it's very much not not on the roadmap for us. But, you know, safe to say, I think that we can definitely help a lot of brokers more in converting those customers. Yeah, I mean, as you said, we have probably about 30 integrated trading companies now. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, anybody from Gemini down to TradeStation overseas, we have a bunch of FX dealers integrated. Yeah, I mean, pretty much uh, the idea being, you know, we have such a large captive audience, we can do a lot there. And if we're not going to become a a broker dealer ourselves, like, how can we help more of these people, you know, actually convert accounts and and really kind of um, connect with their customers directly? That's a big ambition for us is to connect as many uh, exchanges, brokerages, et cetera, as possible, and make sure that that experience is extremely seamless and kind of uh, simple. That's why we're doing it. I mean, a lot of these folks that are connecting to us have decided, you know, strategically that it makes more sense to be an API than it does to be a website, right? Because ultimately, if you are a broker dealer, your core purpose is to execute at best cost and best price. Everything else is really just bells and whistles. And so, um, so we, we definitely uh, think that long term, people start to realize that, okay, well, tradingview.com is a pretty interesting place to, to be as a, as kind of a retail consumer. You know, why don't I just plug my APIs in there and, and, um, you know, more or less forego building out a whole website at the end of the day, because you can, you can service most of what, what the industry does in one place. So yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a big ambition of ours is to be kind of the one stop shop, pick best in class based on what you want to invest in. But, um, don't worry about logging in, you know, seven different times via, you know, six browsers to try to figure out how to trade one of your whatever currency spreads or something like that. It's kind of insane. What about services around like information or news? Is there a future in which you're competing with me to a degree and have more information? And- <laughs> how could I possibly? There's no way. <laughs> well, it's maybe like not me days. specifically, but, um, <laughs> you know, different types of you know, I don't know if it's analysis or just like, you know, news mm-hmm. updates, you know, Masari yeah, yeah. has something where, you know, they have like a, a news feed type uh, yeah. feature. Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I'm not super familiar with the Masari's product, but I mean, I think what I have seen from them is like really deep dive research, really like mm-hmm. in-depth stuff that certainly probably bumps into you every once in a while. I think um, from our perspective, we're more of a utility function, right? We don't want to we don't want to step into the area of actually being a media provider, but we do license probably forty odd English RSS feeds. Mm. But you know, safe to say, in total, we, we license over one hundred and fifty. 
in various countries. And um, some of them we pay for, some of them we have kind of strategic relationships with. But um, I mean, broadly speaking, it's it's kind of our goal to amplify, much like we do the brokers, um, amplify media companies that we really respect and, and think have a lot of interesting you know, value to bring to end customers. I think the one thing that we'll probably do in, in kind of the media sphere more is try to elevate our community in a way where you know, they can actually be speakers and really kind of um, have influence on the platform more than just kind of this free-flowing marketplace where, you know, like anything anything goes, you kind of have to be discovered, you know, organically. You know, we've had users who have used the product since, you know, inception who are, you know, really dedicated to actual, you know, technical analysis, deep dive research mm-hmm. and the like. You know, there's no way that we could possibly learn nearly as much as these guys do around say like semiconductors or yeah you can better amplify that ta that analysis in a more seamless type of fashion yeah yeah and and really the big differentiation here is like the curation aspect of trading because right now it is basically a utility but uh you know uh, if we do actually go down the route of you know curating more of this content you know, will play an active role in, in promoting these essentially authors, but they are they are researchers, um, and in a lot of cases they're traders, right? Because they've invested. That's why they have the thesis. Thus is why they're publishing on TradingView. But I think that that's kind of where we're going to go in terms of direction for mm-hmm. sure. And so I think you can see a lot more um, coming around that, as well as um, yeah, just kind of making sure that the folks that we do amplify are you know kind of verified in additional ways, and so. We're working to bring a level of transparency into who these authors are, because, you know, one problem with the Internet in general is, you know, somebody publishes on Wall Street Bets, you know, they disappear tomorrow. Who's to say Mm. that, um, you know, you can really kind of hold that person accountable. And so um, so I think that we we owe it to the to the end users to make sure that we have a, a certain level of accountability when we do, you know, kind of um, amplify authors or, you know, present ideas and, and kind of insights to the end customer, that we're taking that extra step of really kind of, you know, checking on this person, making sure they're not just, you know, an anon that's going to disappear tomorrow, you know, because we really do want people to stand behind their investment ideas and really kind of back them up. And, you know, some of them are going to be rough, right? We know retail gets wrecked sometimes. So, um, you know, but we want people to be accountable. So, so that's for sure a huge ambition of ours is to do that amplification, but also do that additional due diligence on these people. So what do you think that verification process looks like? Um, well, I mean, one of the easiest ways to, to verify if somebody's legit or not is to have them connect their portfolio to TradingView mm. and then share with the community, listen, here's literally what I'm invested in. Mm. And it, in doing so, you're basically knocking down that third wall, which is, you know, like you and I can talk about investing all day, but neither of us are going to share our entire portfolio with each other. I mean, unless you want to. But, yeah. I mean, I have that. to disclose, crypto, <laughs> but um, yep. not my stocks. Yeah. Uh, proud yeah. owner of uh, Cracker Barrel. I'll tell you that. <laughs> what is probably one of the most ridiculous for me? I'd say. That's um, my most ridiculous. I think um, I have to look at how, how bad. Yeah. I'd say big lots is, is probably big. one of the edgiest for me. Like, why? Why is that a thing? Yeah, but um, my stock investing is pretty ridiculous. My brother, started, <laughs> my brother, my younger brother, he's um, eighteen, got a part-time yeah. job at Carvana, so I bought Carvana stock and I've just oh got 
completely yeah. wrecked. I was, and Absolutely I was, destroyed. I kept seeing him in the Wall Street Journal for the weeks leading up to that. It was like, you know, they're growing so fast. Like this company's opening up here and there. And then as soon as I bought, it was the exact opposite plumbing. for the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah. You know, all these issues with their staffing. And I was like, oh my God, Louie, get to work. <laughs> <laughs> Louie, help me out here. Louie, help, help me out. out. Yeah, get um, I mean, uh, yeah. So if, if somebody connects their portfolio to trading you and agrees to share it with the community, like what better way to create transparency than literally like money where your mouth is or mouth where your money is. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a, that's for sure something that we want to do more of. Again, you know, these users have to opt into that. They have to definitely, you know, agree that they're going to share their ideas and their holdings on trading. Um, but I think more products like that, where we can kind of create that level of transparency and trust. I think that that's, that's a, a big first step for us. You know, we're also working on kind of additional authentication and, and um, making sure that, you know, these accounts have been around for a long time. So one thing that we've noticed more recently is a ton of shills in, in crypto specifically have, have basically taken to TradingView as a as a weapon to basically promote mm. their their ideas. And they make it seem very much like uh, organic experience, right? That a ton of people have all of a sudden taken interest in this one really edgy company. And everybody's got to get involved. Well, you know, turns out we we on our side have seen, you know, like, oh, okay, all these IP addresses are actually originating from a single server. Or we actually have like natural language processing that we look at the actual text that's being produced of an idea. And you can see, oh, there's a ton of similarity between these 10 ideas from different authors. And they're all being published at a similar wow. time scale. And so you can actually quickly tell that there's so how, how prevalent efforts. How prevalent is that? And then you shut it down or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we definitely take things down um, every single day. I mean, our moderation team is, is over 30 people now. Hmm. Um, they focus 100% on basically eliminating schemes and, and basically false promotion and just common stuff too, like people yelling at each other and calling each other names. Like they, you know, basically they're in the weeds looking at them. So uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty regular. I mean, on a daily basis, I could say um, we take out some of these kind of, uh, sleeper cells, if you will, any given day. It seems like these types of characters out there are getting smarter and their their schemes are getting more complex. It's not really related to TradingView, but I mean, we've seen it in these fake press releases that have gone out. I mean, yeah. they figured out with, oh, what was the most recent one? There was obviously the Walmart Litecoin, but then there was another company. I can't remember, but they figured out that if they put up a fake press release on Globe Newswire, it would go into that company's feed on their website. And I don't know, it's just very, like these schemers seem to be getting more clever or sophisticated. You have to stay one one step ahead of them. Yeah, one or like- One or five. Three, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it's funny. So my time actually at, at uh, Stockbridge before this was super informative early on, right? Because they were, I mean, Stockwitz was getting, you know, a ton of these um, kind of scams way back in the day. Um, so they've been dealing it, with it since basically day one. And so, I mean, I had kind of a front row seat to kind of battling these, you know, uh, internet scammers since the, the good old days. And so yeah. I, I definitely, <laughs> I mean, you know, and even before that, right, there was Yahoo message boards, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, it's always been a spectrum of, of uh, people trying to scam each other on the internet. I mean, it's just the, the nature of the game. Broadly speaking, I mean, 
yeah, there's a ton of new technology coming up, which specializes in identifying these things from a natural language processing standpoint, or, you know, literally kind of IP spoofing and, and IP kind of, yeah, scams that, that have coordinated attacks from all over the world. It's, uh, it is for sure a, a purely technology game now. You can't just have, you know, a, a moderator kind of scrolling through comments, hoping to catch something. It is really a game of machine against machine. You have to find these patterns. Yep, yep. Dean just reminded me that it was that it was Kroger accepting Bitcoin Cash. That was the most recent scheme. <laughs> Kroger accepting. Bitcoin I'm not cash. surprised that I forgot um, yeah, yeah. because I've never I've never even seen a Kroger. Which In is uh, tell me you're not from the Midwest without telling me you're not. I'm from not. The Midwest, yeah. Wow. Right? I mean, isn't the I swear. Is it Aldi that's down in Florida? What do you guys, there's do you guys Aldi's, have? For? There's some Aldi's. They're not very good. Yeah. The big one is Publix. Okay. That's, Publix is where it's at. And then there's yeah. whole. There's a few Whole Foods down here. Okay. But I don't like Whole Foods because they don't have. They take the healthy living thing way too far. Where, mm-hmm. all right, come on, like let's have normal razor blades, right? I don't need to. <laughs> who's going to buy 100% recyclable razor blades or the? No, balsam come on, have, razor have blades. Have diet cokes. Like really, we got to have oh, like. There's that's no where you soda. Draw the line. I'm like, just come on. I get it. Like, you know, produce, good produce, good meat. But mm. how are you going to have beer but not soda? It's, mm. like, sure, it's sure. like they're not consistent. Anyway, well, I, I want to be respectful of your time. This has flown by, and I'm not surprised because it's always fun talking to you. I want to talk about, like, you mentioned global ambitions being a focus. What about any possibility of an acquisition or something to help you scale in that, that manner or IPOing at some point? Then people can have trading view charts of trading view stock. <laughs> it's funny the number of people on various social platforms that that ask us, you know, when is trading view going to launch a token? Which I yeah. always think is great. Everybody's expecting to buy us on on one of these crazy dexes or something like that. No near near term uh, public market ambitions. I would say in terms of the acquisition side of things, we're always actively looking. We, we did an acquisition in 2018. That was actually one of the reasons I joined TradingView was the combined value of, of these two companies. But uh, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of projects out there that definitely have some value add to retail customers that we think are super interesting. And we're not opposed to taking a look and actually taking a deep dive on on their businesses. What it ultimately comes down to in a lot of cases is price. And I know that's always kind of a um, a misnomer, but um, you know, generally speaking, with the way the market is right now, um, we're seeing some pretty wild multiples in terms of valuations across the board. And oh, yeah. um, we want to be, you know, very very practical in the sense of. Um, you know, letting people understand kind of where we're coming from, where we think we could build in the future. And potentially, if the business happens to augment what we do really well, you know, we definitely consider it. But, but broadly speaking, some, some businesses have, um, kind of, you know, Mars for their, for their target. And, you know, they don't want to, you know, kind of, uh, change their roadmap in any way, shape, or form. And, and that's perfectly fine. I think that. You know, if we do have a you know drawdown of fifty percent and and they lose half their customers, then um, then we'd be we'd be more than happy to um to be you know kind of um, in that conversation then. But um you know until then, I think you know the market will continue to um, flourish. I think as as long as kind of market conditions allow for it, and um and as a result, makes it a bit a bit more difficult to do M and A and targeting acquisitions. So 
But yeah, I mean, we're we're always brainstorming. Eyes are peeled. Yeah. Pierce Crosby of Trading View. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a lot of fun. We'll have to do it again yep. in the new year. We'll see where the market is. Happy Thanksgiving, Frank. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll we'll see you next time with another great guest. Enjoy your Thanksgiving as well.